three, two, one. Happy New Year! Hi, welcome to the Midnight Spill podcast. I'm your host, Nancy Qualia, joined by Amelia Berry. And this is our little New Year's slash not New Year's episode. Yeah, so this is going to be a bit of a strange episode. One, we are recording very late. Um, <laughs> we practically missed our week, but we're, listen, we're going to pretend. Corrine, <laughs> my mother, makes plans and doesn't tell me the last minute, alright? It happens. Shit happens. So, here we are, the day of New Year's, which is still on brand. We're still on theme. <laughs> Last night, I ended my year by watching the Ares tour. Best exactly, thing, exactly. exactly. Best thing ever. Yeah, she ended it a lot better than me. I had to watch Wonka. Uh, <laughs> still recovering. So, quiet it's- up and listen down. Scratch that. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take this. I'm so sorry. I know one of my friends who watches this, I think, is going to see Wonka. I have a friend who really likes it. And I'm like, please, please, because that movie looks awful and I hate Timothy Chalamet. No offense to Timothy Chalamet lovers. I actually don't hate him. That was an exaggeration. I dislike him. But, ugh. I have nothing against Timmy, which is what I'm choosing to call him because we're on a (laughs) nickname basis, apparently. (laughs) I have nothing against Timmy. But like, I just feel I don't know. He's just so goofy to me. He's just he looks like like the hair in your in your shower drain. <laughs> like, For him, he does. He does. Look, take a wide angle look at that man and tell me he doesn't look homeless. It's just so hard look. Please squint. <laughs> like, there's not one. He looks homeless. That he's the textbook definition, like in the dictionary of twink struggling. Exactly. Exactly. That's, that's exactly where my mind goes. Listen, we're not starting this episode with a controversy. This is not. This is not Timothy Chalamet hate episode. So let me <laughs> let me back up. Let me let me go back. Um. So. Yeah, um I saw. Garden is fire. It is. And so we had Olive Garden, and I'm not gonna lie, the Olive Garden we went to was kind of bougie. Like, <gasps> I went in, I was like, I expected this to be like a regular, regular Olive Garden. But regular, regular. It was bougie. That's kind of iconic. And then I came home, ate a box of Valentine's Day chocolates by myself. That's on period. And watched Gone Girl. So, Neil, I was fully taken back that Neil was in it because 
I did not know. We're all big Neil Patrick Harris fans in this house. 110%. Absolutely. Um, I'm still a little salty that Morgan, my older sister, got to meet him. <sighs> did I ever tell you about that? You did. I'm a little mad. It was outside the Disney World bathrooms. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. That's where you meet Neil Patrick Harris, y'all. Y'all camp out. Camp out the Disney World bathroom because he will be there. I heard if at 2.54 a.m. you say his name three times, he will appear. <laughs> you click your heels together. <laughs> exactly. I heard from the dark web, from a little birdie, from Mimi, my dog, that that's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> you say it three times in the mirror. <laughs> exactly. He'll appear behind you for split seconds. Anyways, um, I did play New Year's Day as it was turning to midnight, so, you know. You know. We're just so on theme. <laughs> Absolutely. <never> be us. <laughs> we are just... I'm sure everyone else on Earth did the same. Bro, like, every single Swifty ever is looking at us like, baby, you're not special. You really... Let's say! Did you end out the, the year on the folklore set of the Eras tour? You didn't. That's what I thought. All the people, <laughs> all the people who were at the Eras tour are looking at me like, "Bitch, I was there." Actually, went are like, "Mm-hmm." I was literally there last night. The fuck. Mm. Speaking of the Eras, speaking of the Eras tour, how did you end your year? By watching the Eras tour, babe. Like that's literally all I did. So what happened was, I went to Karain, my mother, and I was like, Karain. You better do something. And Crane was like, bitch, I'm going to be reading Akatar, okay? Which is A Court of Thorns and Roses. I don't know what you're going to be doing. And I was like, well, Crane. <gasps> and then you texted me and were like, didn't you say that you were going to watch the Airs tour? And I was like, yeah, because I thought that you said something. I must have misheard. But I thought you said, oh, my family's going to rent out the Airs tour and then we're going to watch it together. I said. I thought I heard, but apparently I didn't. <laughs> no, I said nothing of the sort, but it's okay. Because I was like, Karain, Karain, what if we watch the Airs tour? And Crane was like, you can watch the Airs tour. And I was like, fine by me. Fine by me. Because I don't need you. I don't need you. And Crane was like, come here. Bring your phone. And I was like, what? Okay. And she was like, your your dad's going to show you how you can pirate it. And I was like, ah! Crane, we are not about to pirate Taylor Swift. Are you being for real? Why can't we just pay the money and watch it on Amazon Prime? Oh, my God. <laughs> no, did you see the thing where I saw, like, this post, and it was talking about how the Eras tour is, like, the number one most illegally downloaded movie. Yeah. No. And my dad was like, you have that $20? And I was like, yes. And he was like, I don't care. And he was like, here's how you do it. Here's how you do it. And he set it up on my freaking Xbox. So <laughs> I spent my night listening to Taylor Swift. I cried a lot. I laughed a lot. And I squealed a lot because As you her hips, bro. Her hips, bro. Oh, my God. Karain, I was like, Karain, what's your favorite thing about the Ares tour? And Karain literally goes, she doesn't care about fixing her hair and makeup. And I was like, that's what you love about the Ares tour? The fact that she doesn't give a fuck? <laughs> I mean, I mean, like I love that about her too. Like I love that about her too. But your favorite part isn't I don't know the fits or her dedication or her dance or her her different eras in general. Like whatever, it's fine. Listen, from a 
cue Swifty. <laughs> my favorite part <laughs> would just anytime she moved her hips. Yep. Her Every walk, time. Oh my god. The moans, the lip bites. Oh. <gasps> It does a lot of things for me. No, because the fact that her and her dancers are, like, in sync, hot girl model walking, and I'm like, <laughs> how much practice did it take for y'all to be able to do that? Because y'all are Models in sync. everywhere are thanking their lucky stars that Taylor did not go into modeling, because they'd be careerless. Yep, yep. No, because, because well, isn't there, like, a, didn't she sing for a fashion show a couple times? Yeah, she sung for, um... The Victoria's Secret fashion shows. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, those looks. Yes. She looks so fantastic. Gigi Habibi. Period. Yeah. See, I don't have any resolutions, mostly because I'm like everyone on the planet who makes resolutions. Do they ever actually do them? The answer is no. But no hate to the people who do do resolutions because I do enjoy hearing people's resolutions. Yeah anybody who doesn't feel the need to make resolutions it's not necessary no it's not my friend texted me she was like i could make resolutions to get all a's but will that ever happen hell no and i was like you're so real for that that is very real you want to go ahead yeah um let's see i would say like i mentioned previously this year was a little rough for me which we do not have to get into but I would say the best part about my year would be the summer. I had a really good summer. The beginning and end of the year was a little rocky, but I had an amazing summer with Ansley. Like what? We went to my little condo that my grandmother owns, and we had a great time. It was it was so good, and we mentioned it before uh, in our boy shit section, but it yeah. was amazing. No freaking phenomenal i had a wonderful time i definitely had a nice summer i really enjoyed my summer this year i mean the things that stand out would be you know i had a good 16th birthday Mm -hmm. ended it in tears but that's just how you know i'm a girl yeah (laughs) yeah it's the female experience to end every birthday in tears Absolutely. I had a good 16th birthday, spent time with my family, got to dress up all cute, even though no one else did, but it didn't matter, because it was all that. But yeah, basically the thing, the good things I'll take from it. Yeah, I had an awful 8th grade year. My ninth grade year has not been that bad, but I've had a, a nice year. I, one of my friends moved away, and I miss her. I miss you, Shy! <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, she moved to Washington D.C. I lost, I lost a lot of friends, but I think it was for the better because they were they were really toxic and they were really bad. And I can go in full detail about that friend group. Yeah, no, this year, this year has been something. It's been low key really bad, but also really good. Question mark. Mm-hmm. For what I look forward to for twenty twenty four. Let's see. There's a few things I want to accomplish, such as learning how to drive. Yes, I'm 16, and I don't know how to drive. You can drive me all you want. But I've just been putting it off a lot because it makes me really nervous. It makes me anxious. The road just scares me. And also, I have a problem with making quick decisions, problem solving. So I can just imagine that me on the road would be a little stressful. But I do want to at least get my permit this year and perhaps get my license but we'll just take one step at a time yeah Um, 
We mentioned in previous episodes that I auditioned for a dance school, so maybe that will become a reality. Myself together in the sense, I want to be nicer to myself. I know every year people say, oh, I want to get hotter. I want to have a glow up. I want to start going to the gym. And last year, one of my resolutions was to go to the gym. And I did actually hold up with that one, surprisingly. I feel like planning a glow up for the year is also really counterproductive because I've done that every single year. And I've just, I've remained the same. And that's not a bad thing. So for this year, I just want to find peace and like self-validation, self-confidence. And one of my things is I need to stop putting out what I think people want to see. Like I want to stop hiding behind masks and I want to be more like myself. Yeah, I support that. That's a good, that's a good resolution. That's not an impossible resolution. Some people will create these literally impossible like standards for themselves. And it's like, come on now, y'all. Don't really think that that's going to be physically possible to do in a year. My birthday, coming up real soon. So, I'm going to get my permit on my birthday. And then, Crane signed me up for these stupid little driving classes. Even though, I don't know why she thinks she's incapable of teaching me how to drive. Whatever. I guess she thinks she's slow. But I don't really have any specific goals. Um, live, survive. Don't die. This was a freaking Hunger Games. Yep. My New Year's resolution is to not kill myself. (laughs) (laughs) It's not nice to laugh. I'm laughing because I relate. Exactly. It's funny because it's true. Anyways, yeah. This has been our little New Year's segment. I think we should go ahead and head into Tay Talks. Welcome back to the Midnight Spill Podcast and our segment, Tea Talks. Tea Talks? Tay Talks. Tay Talks. Tay Talks. That's what Which I said. Which is kind of one of our only reoccurring segments because sometimes we'll add in or subtract. Just depends. But Taylor has always been consistent. Exactly. Okay. So today. We are speaking about fearless, which is kind of ironic because later we're going to talk about AHS. And before each AHS episode, we go fearless. <laughs> because for some reason, the FX intro reminds us of fearless. It says fearless. It says the word fearless. Today we're talking about Fearless, and this album, um, it's not my fave. It's not my five vibes, it's not my five. But, uh, the problem is, the first couple, maybe not for her, but for me, the first couple of albums, I won't be speaking too much on, because I would say there's not much from the OG deep cut Tay that I listen to. I can find stuff on Fearless that I like, but that's only because I force myself to listen to the entire album. Mm-hmm. Because, like, one, I, w- I did this day where I went through, like, I had called it my Taylor day, and I just listened to every single one of her albums all the way through. It You're was so brave. It was an experience. I it skipped I skipped debut, I'm not gonna lie. Oh. Wow. Twitter is popping off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Before every episode, we... 
I say we as if I'm doing any work at all. Ansley is carrying this whole show on her back. Listen. Listen. <laughs> she writes down in her notes app little bullet, bullet points to talk about for each era or the Tay Talks. So we're going to take turns reading out her bullet points. You want to go first? You want me to go first? I'll go first. She chose Fearless as the album title because it's, quote, getting back up and fighting for what you want over and over again. It was the best-selling album of 2009, not just in country, in general. The absolute best-selling album. The Fearless tour made $63 million. And that was just her first tour. Because she did not go on a tour for debut, right? think so i knew she performed before fearless yeah. but i don't think she had a debut tour so fearless established taylor's persona of the wide-eyed guitar-toting girl with her ball gowns and flowing blonde hair who wrote her own song about fairy tales and shakespearean heroines and the occasional famous ex <clears throat> joe jonas <laughs> that's a lot taylor composed eight of the 13 songs without a co-writer main themes of the album are quote Boys, love, and relationships. So real. Yeah. Fearless is what being a teenage girl felt like in the 2000s. It had the sparkling hope of a young woman thrilled to finally be stepping into adulthood, such as Fearless and 15, and patient to live out the romances she's grown up on, such as Love Story, chiding her crushes for not noticing her. Hey, Steven, you belong with me. She's looking forward to a future outside of school and away from her small hometown. Even amid the quiet devastation of Whitehorse, Taylor asserts that she's, quote, going to find someone someday who might actually treat her well. That's very real. She maps the interior world of a girl waiting for her life to begin so she can get off the bleachers and shed this awkward face. That's all of us. Honestly, I feel like she's so giving Rapunzel. She said, when will my life begin? Love Story was also, like, the best-selling country song of all time, ever. That is crazy. Do not let my father hear that. Oh. (laughs) The Fearless Tour was, at one point, a watchable movie concert called Taylor Swift Journey to Fearless. So it's kind of like the Reputation Stadium Tour, gone but never forgotten. Oh! You Belong With Me won the MTV Music Video Award for Best Female Video, but was interrupted by Kanye, and we know that drama. We, we all know. We, we all know. know. We'll kind of t- discuss it more as, like, the albums go on, but... Mm-hmm. Um, that same year, she won five American Music Awards, including Artist of the Year and Favorite Country Album. She took home four Grammys at the 2010 Awards, and that was just her second album. Oh, yeah. She plays Fearless, Love Story, and You Belong With Me on the Eras Tour set list. Which, by the way, her hip shakes. Ah! Oh! She said say less. Say less. Alright. Now, we're going to speak on her little Fearless merch for all you little people who are like, hmm, maybe... We need to give this woman more money. Maybe she needs more money. So, we're going to start from the beginning here merch shop pulled up and we're on the fearless site a little fearless section the the picture that comes up is her and a man upside down on the ceiling on the ceiling on the ceiling (laughs) who is this man that's for us to decide i guess i don't recognize him but there's a cat too so that's all that matters which one that's the real question (laughs) also going to take turns with these as well so first up we have for forty dollars 
some flannel pajama pants. Yep. Pajama pants. And they're flannel. So, it's like a nice, what color would you say that is? Navy. It's like a navy, navy plaid, and it says on the front, on like the right pant leg, Taylor Swift. Just rep the brand. Yep, exactly. And then we have, because I don't know how it gets better than this, black t-shirt. That's a long title. Because I don't know. For $35. And it says what I just said on the shirt. And it has cutesy little pictures of her swinging her hair, doing her thing. On the back, it has the Taylor Swift little same thing it has on the pants. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, for fifty-five dollars. Not fifty-five dollars. We have bookends, which are like you know, like when you set your all your books up. That's what you put at the end so they don't fall. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they're little white horses, and they say, "I'm not your princess." Wow. She's. And this ain't a fairy tale. Then we have the Eras Tour Fearless album T-shirt, which is basically each. Era has an Eras Tour styled t-shirt, and it is for $45, and it has a little collage of her in her fearless era, lots of hair, lots of guitar, lots of arms waving around, break it down. Break it down. No, okay, for $13, we have the CD of Fearless, and it's just the album cover. Y'all know the album cover. Mm-hmm. And then right next to it, we have the digital standard edition for the same price. Now, I will say, I don't, if there's anything that I wouldn't recommend from the shops, not just for Fearless, but for all of them, is the CDs and the digital standard. One, you can listen to the digital album anywhere, whether that be on YouTube or on Spotify or any streaming platform. And this may just be me being Gen Z. But I don't think anyone uses CDs anymore. I, I saw I saw someone for purposes, so you could also collect CDs if you want. But that's just me. I saw someone on the internet. Literally, it was just a video of them putting the Fearless CD into a CD player and then playing it, and then it was like, just them going, and I was like, slay, y'all ate. And now, not on this, not on this um site because I'm pretty sure it's sold out. There's also a vinyl. I would assume that's like forty dollars because she loves to. Overpriced for vinyls. Mm. Honestly, Listen. vinyls in general are—they are pretty pricey. But, but you as know, I was saying, yeah, I think vinyls, CDs, cassettes, any form of physical music is unnecessary in this modern age. But you know, people collect them for sentimental purposes because it feels special to have the physical version. I was about to say, I want the fearless vinyl. I have five. <laughs> I have five Taylor vinyls, and I have five left to go. Yes, Christmas. Yes. Periods. So that's our fearless segment. That's our little fearless. Fearless. <laughs> yeah, so now that we have debut and fearless out of the way, once we get into speak now and red, we'll have, you know, more to say about it because we're, I guess, connected to those more, I suppose. I I love speak now. I I, mm, I have a heart. I have a soft spot for speak now. It's in your top three, right? No, it's not. Babe, you you think it's in my top three every time, and it's, like, number five. (laughs) Sorry. No, (laughs) you're okay. You're fine. We'll see you in the next segment. Bye-bye.
Welcome back to the Midnight Spill podcast. So this, please hold my hand. Yep, is our AHS little segment thing. So this is our we're having a little AHS episode, and what we're gonna do is we're going to rank every season from one to twelve on a tier list because it's both of our favorite show. Uh, yeah, I would say so. I know it's my favorite show, and it's up there for me. Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna get into this. We're gonna get into this. So, AHS, aka American Horror Story. I'm just gonna do a little brief rundown. Is a show where each season is like kind of meant to be a fever dream, and it's it's very different each season. It's very, it's a different subject, different a different lull. What, what would you say? It's just overall a different story. Yeah. So it's not like sometimes they tie together previous seasons. Like, sometimes they'll do, like, a Inception thing where some things connect. I but believe... I would say, for the most part, it's kind of a different show each season. Yeah. With the so same cast. Underlining undertones. And the same cast. Yeah, but most of the same. I, I, do, I do believe that it's canon that every single season ties into each other somehow. Somehow, yeah. And it's they, like the whole Pixar and Disney theories. Yeah, like, they all happened in the same world, in the same universe. Mm-hmm. We're just gonna jump right in, okay? Let me let me tell y'all our little tears here. So, very top we have period. <laughs> That's, That's our top tier. Then we have Edeon. Then we have mm, yeah, yeah. Then we have he gave me the ick. <laughs> and then we have. Horrifying and not in the way I like. <laughs> exactly. That's a little tier list. Are we are we ready to begin? I, I'm tr- I've tried to mentally prepare myself, but I don't I'll 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 soldier through it. We can do this. Alright, here we go. We're starting off with our first season, Murder House. So this season came out uh da-da, sixteen, right? Twenty eleven. Twenty eleven. October fifth, twenty eleven. There are twelve episodes. Uh, our main cast, Connie Britton, Dylan McDermott, Peter Evans, Thaisa mm. Varmiga, my queen, um, Dennis O'Hare, and Miss Jessica Lang. So, the first season of HS retroactively subtitled Murder House, centers on the Harmon family who, after dealing with the miscarriage and infidelity, moved to a restored mansion in Los Angeles, unaware that the ghosts of its former residents and their victims haunt the house. This season was... I liked it. I really, really liked it. I would say a lot of people would... I, I don't know. This may just be me reading too into it, but I feel like a lot of people think that the first couple of seasons are the best ones. Yeah. It's not my favorite season, but it's like it's up there. I really liked it. Mm-hmm. It was um a wild ride. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I mean, it is the foundation of the whole show, so yeah. we can give it some credit. You know, um, I did get to meet my current future wife and the love of my life, Thaisa Formiga. Um, I fell in love, it was love at first sight, even though she was dating a sewage rat. It's fun. The Evan Peters fans are really upset with this podcast. Too bad! I'm sorry. <laughs> I know all y'all are like, oh my god, Tate is so fine. No! <laughs> Listen, 
I kind of supported him in the first half of the season because he was actually a good boyfriend. I couldn't remember his name, so I'll just call him boyfriend. Because <laughs> um, that's all he was. And then he started becoming toxic, and I didn't appreciate it. But I will admit, while their love is very toxic, it is very sweet. And I would say it's real. Their love being Tate and Violet. Yeah. So, if we're going to group together the plot, the characters, and the overall tone of the season, Mm -hmm. where would we put it? I think... Consideration. I think it can be in a... Adium. Because I think I think if Tate wasn't there, it will be a period season. <laughs> I mean, it's definitely the most nostalgic, and this may just it's just for me, but like it holds a lot of trauma. Yeah. Not just with Peter, which we call Evan Peters Peter Evans for those who get it, get it. Yeah. But it holds a lot of trauma, but that's just me, so I know no one else can relate to it. But Hmm. I would say, I would say eight down. Yeah, see, eight down. I think so. I think, I think, yeah, eight down. So, go ahead. For the second season, Asylum, it takes place in 1964 and follows the stories of the staff and inmates who occupy the fictional mental institution Briarcliff Manor and intercuts the events in the past and present. Period. See, Asylum, for me, I was a little, a little shook. (laughs) Shook. Why? Lily Rabe. Oh. Taylor. Oh, by the way, um, Lily Rabe, an actress in AHS, in my opinion, looks a lot like Taylor Swift. So to me, she's just Taylor. She went yeah, to the Eras tour. Lana, Nana, yeah. Bobana. Any of my family members are listening to this, please stop and skip ahead like twenty seconds, because this this season has a special place in my heart because it fuels one of my most disturbing kinks, which is religious figures. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pastor Jacob! Oh! The Lord. Jesus but yeah, Christ. um, Lily Rabe as the sexy nun had to be on my fucking knees. Who was possessed by the freaking devil. My knees, on my knees. Exactly. Exactly. Listen, Sarah Paulson was also, she was in, she's in Murder House too, but she's not a big character. This is when she's big introduced to the show. Mm-hmm. Lana Nana Bobana, Fanana Fana, Fofana. Exactly. That. We have a reaction image of Peter in this season. Yeah, it's, um, so bad y'all it's so bad and it's it's it looks like he's uh, disgusted but in that scene he was not disgusted he was feeling the music and then he started dancing and i wanted to shoot myself for me asylum it's not the worst season no no but for me it would be like a mm, yeah yeah i was thinking yeah because i it's not the best it's not the worst it's very, it's kind of mid for me, I'm gonna be it's for real. It's very mid for me as well. Like, I, I enjoyed 
the enabling of my sick, twisted mind. Listen, there's this one scene where she knows that the guy who kidnapped her is, like, a killer or whatever because she looks at her lamp- at his lampshade and knows that it's made out of human skin. That is crazy to me. How did you look at it and know that that was human skin? Yeah, I think that says more about you than him, babe. But like, you're t- for real. It's like you're telling me you know what that looks like. Also, how is it not rotting? That I think it's dry skin. Anyways, we're skipping over that. <laughs> Anyways, here we go. Season three, Coven, starring Miss. Oh, yes. I love this season. I love Coven. Coven is amazing. So we have Miss starring Miss Sarah Paulson, my queen, Taisa, Taisa Farmiga once again, Francis Conroy, Emma Roberts. Emma. Emma! I love, we love Emma Roberts in this house. Lily Rabe, Peter. Dennis O'Hare, Jessica Lang. This is when Kathy Bates was brought to the season, and this is when they brought the love of my life, Angela Bassett. Uh, Angie! Angie! Y'all are gonna find out real fast that I am head over heels for Angela Bassett, um, as I should be! Oh it came out 2014 it takes place i don't think i think okay let me read the synopsis the third season of the american horror anthology television series subtitle coven blah, blah, blah is set in 2013 new orleans and follow, follows a coven of witches descended from salem as they fight for survival and features flashbacks to the salem witch trial 1692 as well as the 1830s 1910s 1960s 1970s and 1990s oh my gosh, my gosh. It's so good. Not only is New Orleans one of my favorite places in the world, but New Orleans is so witchy in itself. So I just feel like it was the perfect place to, you know, just set a coven-themed Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I just feel like it's one of the better aesthetically pleasing seasons because it has that 2013 2014 tumblr realness yeah not to mention though like the, the like you know how each season has like a little cover thing the cover for this one is three women and a snake is like crawling through each of their mouths that it's kind of hot those are the vibes i'm not those gonna lie vibes. it's a little attractive um <laughs> okay <laughs> also we have our queen we have our queen stevie next in the season. Oh, she did get it. She did get it. She, she had her cameo. Oh, we forgot to mention in Asylum, there was a Adam Levine cameo. <laughs> it's not nice to laugh. Uh, okay. <laughs> it's not nice to laugh. It's not nice to laugh. Anyways, in Coven, we have the only two bad things. I would say one, obviously Peter, because in my opinion, his character, Kyle. Like, if they removed him from the storyline, it would have been nothing the would exact same. The exact same thing would have been. He brought nothing to the story except for a couple flashbacks. I will admit, before, this is a slight spoiler, even though what happens in, like, the second episode, he is, like, zombified. And as his frat boy self, he was kind of sweet, and I was kind of vibing, and then he failed me. Then he just became, like, okay, I don't think... This is just a shot in the dark, but I feel like his character was supposed to be an allegory for mentally disabled people Mm. or developmentally challenged people. And as someone on the autism scale, I was not for it, y'all. That was messy. Was he? Not have to do that because messy. I thought he was just meant to be zombified because, like, the reason he didn't know how to talk or how to walk was because it wasn't his body parts. 
Yeah. And they had switched things out. Like, if it was all him, he would have still been able to, like, move it Like out. I said, I'm probably reading into it, but I think, I was just not for it. I think like, you might be reading so into it. Oh, my God. but also just unnecessary. Oh, my God. No. Hell, remember that one scene where he was on ABC Mouse? <laughs> ABC Mouse. <laughs> it, was so bad. it was bad. It was real bad. I'm not even going to Anyways, lie. Madison Montgomery, my queen. She was fine. She was real fine. Freaking Marie Laveau was Angela Bass's character. Oh! Um, I'm fine. Depressed. Depressed. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Okay, but I will never not be a Zadison shipper, Zoe and Madison. Yes. You can't tell me there wasn't chemistry. Don't tell me. There was absolutely chemistry. Are you kidding me? Oh! Oh my God. Anyways, the second the second thing I hate about this season, Papa Legba. <laughs> I'm gonna leave it at that. Why we're titling this episode? Ah, no, Papa Legba. Y'all can look him up. It looks like he has the wrong shade of foundation, and he doesn't know how to blend it. <laughs> His skin is all crackalackly, and it's like. <laughs> <laughs> His eyes are all red. It's, uh, Not the bloodshot eyes and wrong shape can see. Like. He looked so scary. I was I was fearing for my life. I wanted to shoot myself multiple times. I was scared out of my mind. <gasps> I was horrified. You remember every time he came on screen, I screamed. It was. But that's not anything new. That's no. He also only had like, if you put it all together, three minutes of screen time. Thank but Jesus. But she, he still managed to haunt my nightmares. Um. So. Anyways, I would place Coven. Ooh. Oof. I want to say Perry, but I also feel like there's might be a little. I might be a little biased though. Hmm. Let me think long and hard about that one. It's Coven. really, really good. The it's only really complaints good. that I have is Papa Legba. Like <laughs> um, <laughs> Peter, uh, Peter's storyline. Where are we putting it? Let's. How about say, it? I would say it is. I think it's deservant of period. I agree. I, I do. It deserves it. I do think it deserves it. Because I don't have too many complaints about it. I agree. Alright. Period! It is in the period section. Next. Now. Ooh, girl. Ooh, girl. This is where it gets traumatic. Real, real fast. Real, really fast. Now, for the fourth season, we have Freak Show. Set in 1952, Jupiter, Florida, telling the story of one of the last remaining freak shows in the United States and their struggle for survival. Ooh. Oh, God. Ooh, we. Um, well, see, for us, this was not our favorite season. Um, a lot of people like it. No. A lot of people like it, surprisingly. I would say it's very... Melanie Martinez coded. They mm-hmm. said Carousel. Oh, uh, Carousel plays. Uh, Carousel was in it. It's not like in the actual show, but in the promos. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it is very Carousel. 
Um, our cast, Sarah Paulson, Evan Peters, Michael Chiklis, Francis Conroy, Miss Emma Roberts again, Denise O'Hare, Finn Whitrock, Angie, uh, Kathy Bates, and Jessica Lange. Angie was really only the good thing in the season. Uh, I would say Jessica's singing parts were mm, Jessica's singing parts were fire. They were so good. She sweeped the floor with Peter. Not to mention in PH. Neil Patrick I Harris. I can't believe. I can't believe. I made completely his forgot who was in it. Listen. I I I was I was shocked. I saw him. I was like, Neil, is that you? I was a little afraid. Um, but his character—I couldn't tell if I liked this character or not. I'm gonna be for real. He was a little schizophrenic. Um, but he played it good. Neil did the damn thing. No, he uh, a wonderful acting job. They brought Jamie Brewer back in, which was iconic. Hmm, I gotta think. Well, I can't think of any- Oh! The other really good thing about the season is my bestie Westie forever, my for lifer clown. <laughs> clown! I'm sure he has a name. I don't remember. Twisty the Clown, was that it? Twisty. Twisty. I don't care. He's just clown to me. He's- <laughs> Just clown. Clown. Y'all would know him if y'all have seen the show. Clown! Oh, clown. Oh, sweet clown. Me and clown, we're for lifers. Um, okay. And I think it's really ironic that this came out um, just before 2016 when all the clown killings were a thing. Maybe he inspired them. Inspi- he's, an insp- he's an influencer. He is an influencer. I think so. <laughs> I think he is. Listen, I don't want to be insensitive to the people who lost their lives to literal maniacs. But- yeah. No, okay. So, Dandy. Hmm, dandy. Basically... <laughs> Man child. To all the listen to all the people who find Finn Witchrock as Dandy Mott attractive, let me ask you a question. Do you find Dandy attractive? Or are you actually just attracted to Patrick Bateman? Hmm. Because Dandy was bootleg. He was Walmart Dollar Tree. Patrick Bateman. Yep. Everything from his line delivery to him working around to, for, to him working out in his tidy whities <laughs> to him bathing in blood. Bootleg American. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, Ask yourself: Do you like Dandy, or do you just like Patricia? <laughs> exactly. And even then, um, I would like to think that you also take Patrick Bateman and then you make him. A child. And you make him... <laughs> you make him, like, barely 18 years old. Yeah, no. I mean, I think his character was, like, early 20s, but he acted... I would say his character was early 20s, but he really... He acted he, like he such a child. A kid, yeah. And it wasn't entirely his fault, because his mom's character was, like, oh, that's Very my baby. that's my son, that's my perfect baby boy, so he kind of grew up like that. Yeah. But, I don't know, man. Even then, like... He was just awful, and his... Okay, this is a little spoiler. Cover your all's ears for 20 seconds. Uh, his death was incredibly satisfying. Um, it was! Oh, God, it felt so good. I was like, the one good thing Peter did. One good... Pe- he- mm. And it was with the help of Angie. 
Exactly. Of course, Angie, another brief spoiler, cover your ears. Of course, Angie would be one of the only ones to survive. Yep, cover cover y'all's ears, please, if y'all don't want spoilers. But in AHS, at the end of the season, Dandy kills every single person except for Peter and Angie. And they both kill him by, like, shoving him in a freak show box and then they drown him. And they, oh, it was so satisfying. It was so gorgeous. It was so nice. (laughs) I, Anyways, I need to say, I need to speak my truth, y'all. Speak your truth. The the things that I liked from it was Angie and Jessica. Yeah. And they were central parts of the plot, but they didn't take up most. I think what took up most of it was um, Dennis O'Hare's character, Stanley, who was posing as a, like a Hollywood executive, as mm-hmm. well as um, Bet and Dot's situation but and dot are sarah paulson's characters and they're conjoined twins mm-hmm. um yeah i would say hmm, i i have to put it at ick yeah it's not the worst but there's only very little i like from it i agree he he did give me the ick even though like in this season specifically i do agree i think it focuses a lot on like peter as well like yeah. his discrimination his prostitution his brief relationship with Emma Roberts, mm-hmm. his relationship with his dad, mm-hmm. and his mom. Mm-hmm. Though, didn't what what was his face? The guy that you found hot, who's the main character, who's John in Hotel. <gasps> Listen, Edward Mordrake. That's it. Did things for me, and if you don't like it, click off. I don't dislike it. Hey, I never. Click off. <laughs> don't click off. Don't click off. Um, don't shame me. I'm not shaming you. you. I'm not shaming you. I'm talking to the audience. Oh, okay. Don't shame me for my daddy issues. Thank Please don't. God, I was thought you were talking to me, and I was like, bitch. Anyways, so here we have. I have to put it in ick, but that's just me. No, that's me too. I put it in ick. Next, we have season five for. Hotel. <laughs> this is our favorite season. Um, so, ready. <laughs> so, Hotel is centered around the mysterious Hotel Cortez in Los Angeles, the scene of disturbing and paranormal events overseen by its en- enigmatic staff. The location is loosely based on the Cecil Hotel, marked by dust and trash. I didn't know that. I didn't know that either, but here That's it is. interesting. So, uh, our cast. Oh, girl. Wes yeah, Bentley. Wes Bentley. Matt Bomber, a.k.a. Donovan, a.k.a. My Husband. A woman whose name I can't pronounce, Chloe Savini, I believe. Sarah yeah. Paulson. Uh, uh, Jean, the secretary from American Psycho. Mm, Jean. That's all I knew her from. Jean. Yes, she's also in Asylum for a brief moment. Peter. Oh, actually, Peter kind of ate this season. Uh, Dennis O'Hare. Uh-huh. Yeah. We'll get to it. We'll- <laughs> Shane Jackson, Angie, Kathy Bates, and Lady Gaga. This season was so many good things, y'all. Oh, and Dennis O'Hare as Liz. Yes. I will never not stand. I will always be in love with them, bro. It was so good. It was so good. I'm going to cry myself to sleep. It was was so good. Oh, it was so good. Okay. So, special. We have so much to unpack. We do. Let me. me... Let's talk about the elephant in the room, which is that this is the only time. Evan Peters played a wonderful character. Uh, he was hot this season. He's my fucking husband. He's my sneaky link. 
Ashley, bestie, he was your ex-husband. He left you for lady. He left me for lady. I'll never get over it. But I would too. <laughs> I would leave Peter for lady, to be honest. Uh, let me just say, James Patrick March, which we've just decided to call JP. Yep. Oh my god. Listen, this may just be because she got a taste for the older things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I I think one of the be- biggest ringers for me with Hotel is the overall aesthetic theme of it. I agree. Like, I, not only am I a vampire girl... But I'm a Roaring Twenties girl. Oh, I love and the Twenties. Peter, as like this 1920s dandy, mo- not dandy the character, <laughs> dandy <laughs> moment. Uh, let me just say we need to bring back the pencil mustaches. I know it'll make you look like Clark Gable. Listen, <laughs> listen, I only need to bring out back the middle Olympic accents because it was hot. Oh my god. He said, he said, he said, Splendid! Listen, any Barbie listeners, Splendid walked. So, so Sublime could run. run. Absolutely. So, we have, we're gonna get a little bit into this one. So, Wes Bentley plays Detective John Lowe, our main character. Which, honestly, I liked more as Edward Mordrake, but it's fine. John was such an NPC. He was such, (laughs) he was fake! He wasn't real. Was that motherfucker was not real. <laughs> that was a character AI generated. AI. He was one hundred percent. He AI. was he was Chat GPT. They said write me a character, and that's what they got. Like, first of all, why does he stand like that? Why does he stand like that? Why does he run like that? Why does he talk like that? When he cried, a little spoiler: his wife divorced him, and he when he cries, it's like. Uh, uh, uh-huh, uh-huh. What? Are you malfunctioning? Are you... What? Are you okay? I, I, I... Listen, Jean, which I will call her Jean. Her name was Alex in the her show. Her name was Alex, but she will always be Jean to me. Jean yeah. deserves so much better. No, Jean sucked too. Jean was awful too. I hated she her. She was awful too, and she was very stupid with her decisions. But if we're talking who's better in this situation... Honestly, I think I, I, I do agree. I think John would be better in this situation. Okay, I think Alex Sajin manipulated John in ways to make him seem cr- like he hired the Swedish girls to gaslight him, thinking that he's absolutely insane. And she like did all these things to make him seem insane when he did nothing wrong. And, like, the one thing you could say that he did wrong was accidentally lose their child, and then she got the child back. Yeah. So it was like okay. but maybe I just like to defend women's rights and wrongs. I understand. I understand. Don't be wrong. I understand. But they both sucked. Anyways, <laughs> we have Donovan slash Donnie. Donnie. Mm. Mm. He did things for me. Not only did he do things for us, but I just feel like his relationship with Kathy Bates, his mom Iris, it was so beautiful because we don't really get like. I feel like when it comes to relationships and ASS, we kind of, like, brush over a lot of, like, really strong, meaningful relationships between uh, yeah, a parent and Yeah, I child. agree. 
And I think the relationship, I loved how it progressed. Because Kathy Bates' character, Iris, is mom. See, they started off, Donovan hated her, hated her guts, because he's, okay, he's a vampire in this situation, and Lady saved his life. But I'm not going to spoil it too much. At the very, very beginning, she, like, loved him, and he was just like, oh my god, I hate you. I hate you so much. And he literally gets in her face and is like, I hate you. And he literally tells her to kill herself. And it is rough. And then he goes out and meets Angie. But then, like, after Sarah Paulson's character, Sally, like, actually tries to kill him, I mean, kill her, she, he gets so upset and saves her and realizes, okay, wait, I love my mom and I need my mom in my life. That's beautiful. And he, like, they become really, really, really close, which is really sad because it's really big spoiler, cover your ears, she ends up accidentally killing him at the end. That's rough. Which is really rough. While he's trying to listen to Hotline Bling. Oh, real, real. Okay. Anywho, moving on, I have to say that even though Finn Whit- Whitrock is always going to be goofy to us because of Dandy, I love bringing in Rudolph. Sorry, I knew him as Rudolfo. Rudolph Valentino and Natasha Rambova, who is Alexandra Daddario. Mm-hmm. I loved bringing that in. Not only did it give way for uh, the Countess's backstory, yes, but come on, vampire lovers in the 20s. I did find Valentino really, really freaking goofy, but that's also because his Italian accent was really bad. Oh, yeah, that, that accent. <laughs> He didn't, he, he kind of failed. He kind of failed at his job. But his character overall as Valentino was not that bad. His character, however, as Tristan was god-awful. So if y'all want to visualize him, visualize Shadow the Hedgehog from Sonic. With the, with the black and the red in there. Yeah. And he's like, he's he's apparently a model and he's supposed to be hot, but he wasn't hot. Um, which brings, so which kind of brings in our little celebrity guest star of the season, Naomi Campbell. She ate ah! one. Oh my god, I love her. name was Claudia Bankson. And it was, oh my god, hot. it was hot. Her name was Claudia, like, yes, please. Oh god, like, Tristan's character made me want to shoot myself in the head. Um, multiple times. But it's fine. Until, I'm not gonna lie, when he got together with Liz, it was really, really it was, sweet. It was cute. It was, was a sweet relationship. Liz. I'm so happy that Liz got her, what's, what's the word? Happy. Her family she was looking for. Not she, only did she reunite with her son. She got her happy her ending. got married and had a kid. Oh, and she God. got to be in the kid's life. And, like, she, she really got her happy ending. It was so beautiful. I loved it so much. Liz? Oh, my God. Like, you know what what I loved so much was the fact that, like, after, spoiler, the Countess died and became a ghost in the hotel. No one saw her ever. And, like, everyone remembered, oh, she was just kind of stuck with JP. But um, no one ever saw her ever until the day that Liz was like, yo, I'm dying. I want you all to kill me. And then she appeared and was like, let me do this for you. And slit her little throat. And it was... it was so sweet. Was, I, the Countess's uh, relationship, by the way, the Countess is Lady Gaga. Her relationship with Liz and really most of the people in the Cortez was really sweet. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Ugh. Before we wrap this up, I do want to say Angie's name was Ramona Royale. That's Mexi. It was hot. That's Mexi. It was hot. 
<laughs> I have to. This may just be because I'm biased, but I think it's deserving a period. It is absolutely deserving a period. Yeah. Speaking of things that we love, freaking Devil's Night, dude. Wait, why would he invite you if y'all are exes? He is sentimental like that. Oh, I, I appreciate him to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Devil's Night is beautiful. <laughs> it was beautiful. I loved that. That was that's probably my favorite episode of the season. It was so good, y'all. It was fire. Oh, God. This season's so good. If anyone wants an AHS season recommendation, obviously Hotel. Yeah, and because each um, season has a completely different plot, you can watch them out of order and not be, like, thrown off. Yeah. Like, there's not like, yeah. there's a couple callbacks. Like, a character from Coven named Queenie checks into the hotel at some point. Mm -hmm. But it's okay if you haven't seen Coven before. It's fine. It's not like that brings yeah. anything big to the story. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Now that we've talked our asses off, here we have. Let's let's go to the next <gasps> Leave season. Leave me alone. I'm sorry, I'm babe. Depressed. This is really. Y'all pray for us. Oh, y'all want a season not to watch? Don't watch this season. Uh, season six. Roanoke mm. follows supernatural experiences around a haunted house and its surroundings in North Carolina. The first half of the season is presented as a paranormal <laughs> entitled My Roanoke Nightmare, which reenacts the experience of a married couple who lived in the house. The second half is presented as found footage and depicts the Dooms production of the <laughs> documentaries sequel. <laughs> yeah um starring sarah paulson cuba gooding jr lily rabe andre holland dennis o'hare wes bentley evan peters shane jackson angela bassett angie and kathy bates again this is isn't this the last season that angie's in which is a little upsetting maybe probably no it's not it's the last season she's in but then apocalypse she comes back yeah, apocalypse. She comes back. It, it's a little upsetting, but honestly, I did. I loved her in the season two, and maybe that's just because I'm biased. But you know, whatever. I would say Roanoke was not a good season because it was just so hard to keep up with. Like just the thought of it being that it's a TV show about a TV show. It just, it didn't make much sense, which it is why. It didn't make much sense, and the whole docu document, documentary <laughs> style of the production was kind of, it was just confusing, because also there were the characters playing, the characters. It was, it was so, okay, so what happened was, in like the first half when it's a documentary, you have the actual people, like Lily Rabe played Shelby, main girl, and you had you had uh, Lily playing Shelby in the real world telling the story, and you had Sarah playing Audrey Tyndall, who was an actress who played Shelby, played Shelby. in the reenactment, and it was, it was like really all it was over like, the place. What's happening? It was like, whoa! I'm trying to keep up, and I thought I think it's creative, and they, it's definitely not something I've seen. It's like it's new, and it's like, oh, let's try something new, and I applaud them for being like, oh, let's try something new. I have an idea. Let's make it work. Mm -hmm. 
It just didn't work, I think, the way they wanted it to. Which is okay! Everyone makes mistakes. It's okay. But, uh, I mean... It was just, it, it was hard. It was hard to watch. I don't really pick out anything that I liked from it, if I'm being honest. Uh, I mean, I liked Angie. <laughs> <laughs> her, name, her name was Monet. Peter's character as Edward Philippe Mott, who I believe it's, would be it's a, his a, an re- ancestor of Dandy. Um, oh, hell no. <laughs> personally, I... Listen, him as Edward, which is his reenactment character in the show, it was fine. He was like the shy gay guy. But him as an actual person, Rory Monaghan, was awful. I hated him. Rory was how I imagined Peter is IRL. And I kind of I kind of feel bad for saying that because from interviews and things that I've seen of Peter, he seems like a fun, genuine person. But like he does, I hate on him. But he doesn't seem like a bad person. Like he's like I feel like if I knew him, I would get along with him. But yeah. even then, like him as Roy, Roy was just annoying. He was oh god, bad. It was bad. And Kathy's character Agnes was literally insane, and she took freaking method acting a little too far. And listen, method acting tears people up. It does. It can. It can. Anyways, I would have to listen, y'all. For anyone who actually likes Roanoke. I'm going to have to put it in horrifying and no, not the way I'd like. I 100% agree with you. I 100% agree with you on that I, one. I'm just disappointed. I'm just disappointed. It was, just, it, was just, it was bad. Listen, okay? Listen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Lady was also in the season for 0.2 seconds. Yeah, Lady could have redeemed us, but she didn't. She was like, she was hot for her point two seconds, but it was like, she played like a woodland witch spirit thing who, like, used her magic to persuade the husband to cheat. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't know what was Lady until I also got a look at her face, and I was like, is that Lady? What? I was like, uh. And Finn Whitrock comes back as an awful character, and it was just, mm, mm, mm. Mm. Also, it makes me a little sad. I think Angie directed some of this season. Yeah, that makes us sad. Angie, you should stick to acting. Sorry. I love you. <laughs> that was harsh. <laughs> I'm sorry! It's true! I love you. Anyways, season seven, we have cults. This is a pretty good season. I enjoyed this season. Even- so, cults takes place in the fictional suburb of Brookfield Heights, Michigan, during the year 2017, and centers on a cult terrorizing the residents in the aftermath of Donald Trump winning the 2016 U.S. presidential election. So this season... Let me just say something off the bat real fast before we get into it. Go ahead. I think that this is kind of a really strange love-hate relationship, because out of all of the plots of these seasons i feel like cult is in a way the scariest because it mm-hmm. steers away from the paranormal and the supernatural and it focuses on something that you can actually imagine happening such as a cult tearing up a town so it being more realistic can also be kind of bad because it did take place during the 2016 election which i personally think was a little I think it was a bad choice because although I have no 
political stance because that's none of my business to have any political stance. I still feel like some people would get upset that they put, you know, Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton and not characters, but they were, you know, plot mm-hmm. devices in it. And I feel like that could have really upset people, made it controversial for no reason. But I do think plot wise, I think it is in a way the scariest. I agree. I mean, okay, for me, the I think that the reason that they didn't get attacked for like using Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton was because they used it as like a stepping stool, but it wasn't like the season is about them. It was like it sparked something in Kai, our main character. Um, <laughs> the way all of our hope and joy lose, just like, gets oh, God. Us, as we say his name. God. Okay, so we'll get into it in a second, but our, we're starring Sarah Paulson, Peter, Billy Lord. Love. Yes. This is when Billy yeah, Lord. This is her introduced to the cast. She becomes, like, and she's in, like, every season after this. And she's hot, and I support it. Shay and Jackson and Allison Pill. So, Peter plays Kai Anderson. And, um... <laughs> well... Our pessimism is so funny. No! You remember every time, without fail, he would come on screen, I screamed. It I kid you. so horrifying. I, I hate everything. I hate it. The opening scene was him seeing... That Trump won the election, him getting hot Cheetos, grinding them up, putting them on his face and hands because Donald Trump is orange, and then going and scaring his sister Winter, played by Billy. Winter was hot. Don't mention, like, five seconds into the show, he's humping the TV. Oh, I forgot about that. (laughs) Ew, 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 ew. That's why the season is scary. Shit. My God! <laughs> no, but listen. You said after he shaved off that disgusting. Okay, so okay, okay. His hair—he has like shorter-length hair that's blue, but it's really freaking faded. Really, 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 really freaking faded, and it's really greasy because he knows what a shower is, but he thinks it's meant for jerking off, not getting clean. So <laughs> he snatched his wig. I did because I mean. The entire season, I was like, okay, babe, listen. He also pulls it up into this bun, and it would look good if he could make it work, but he didn't. Man bun makes me want to vomit. Listen, his man bun... I don't have anything against man buns. I I honestly think that if he tamed the hair falling out of the man bun, that it could have been a look. Anyways, so... so distraught. It was so scary! So... He did shave his head with full... That's what I'm saying. Now my bald head matched my pussy. Listen, at the end of the season, the entire season, I was like, listen, I would pause, and I'd be like, please, let me help you. You can do this, do this. I'm gonna introduce you to this thing called skincare, right? And this other thing is called body wash. Yep. Crazy. So, and I... And eventually, he ended up shaving his head, and it was hot. And I was like, ah! I knew you could be attractive. I knew you could be hot. I knew it! You just gotta listen to me. Not you being his life. You just have to listen to me. You just have to. Please, I swear, if people were to listen to me more often, they would end up being physically attractive. And then they'd be like, wow, people like me. And and I would be like, I wonder why. Hmm, maybe it's because... You fix yourself, and you listen to my advice. Like, my gosh. Okay, but also, the main thing is, like, 
he's a misogynistic alt writer, which is basically people who want the nation to be run by white nationalists. Mm. Mm. With the problem. <laughs> Obviously. In this season, Peter played Jim Jones and Charles Manson, David Koresh, Marshall Applewhite, which are all which are all famous cult leaders. He also played Andy Warhol. Of all and people. No, Andy Warhol. Listen, he kind of served. I love Andy Warhol, okay? I, lo- I honestly... Cult leaders and then Andy? I, okay, Andy Warhol was different. He was a part of the cult leader story, but it was different. It was a different cult. Anyways, it was a woman-run cult. So, bro, Andy Warhol... He ate down, though. When he played Andy, he was, like, serving he cunt. Did. He was we serving... We believers that Peter... Does best when he's gay. He play, He's a very queer coded man. Yeah, even if he isn't gay, he is a gay icon. He's. I think he's stated that he's a straight, but he's an ally. And I'm like, are you sure? Are you Listen, sure we're not gonna get controversial. But it's anyway. fine. Peter also played Jesus Christ, Daisy. Out of all the people on Earth, I think it's the most slanderous. To have Evan Peters play the literal Lord and Savior. Please, I'm sorry, JC. I'm so sorry. I feel like we really just I feel like we failed you as a country, and to that, I apologize. Um, I'm so sorry. I would like to write a formal apology to you. I will have it in by Wednesday. <laughs> Thank you. Ugh. But if we're going to talk about the actual plot and not cry over Peter for any longer, pretty hard I not think to. It was very interesting to see the downfall of Sarah Paulson's character, Allie Mayfair Richards, because she's kind of the central character here. Mm-hmm. And I think a reoccurring theme with all AHS seasons is the gaslighting. Like, they're, they're constantly being gaslit by someone. Yeah. And I think they really took it in a way that I didn't expect. So she starts off as, like, a gaslit woman who's convinced by her wife and her therapist to be told that she's crazy. But she turns it full 180 and becomes the final girl of the season. I was like, period. Yeah, I love her development as a character. We also have a quick little cameo of Emma. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though I found her character really annoying. But honestly, Emma doesn't do anything better than play annoying. Yep. She was there for one episode. She was a news reporter. Her name was Serena. Oh, wait, she was there for a little longer. She was a news reporter, but she was, like, also the hot one. So, like, she got... She got yeah, um, special she privileges. She was the white hot one, and I think that was kind of smart to have, you know, that sort of privilege shown. Yes. You know, I don't know. But I thought that was a good thing to have. This is also the season where they introduced Leslie Grossman into the show as Meadow. That was iconic. I like Leslie Grossman, though yeah. I think all but of her characters... Just like Emma, her characters are all so insufferable, but it's iconic because they do it so good. Exactly. There are a few that aren't very bad, but, like, all, most of her characters are just so annoying. And I think I think, I think, think she plays them well. <laughs> Clown comes back this season. Yeah, Clown gets a cameo. Clown gets a little cameo. Clown opens the season, and it's the best thing to ever happen to this universe. Um... 
Also, y'all, this is kind of random, but Shane Jackson, right? He's in the season, and I notice it most in the season. He has this vein on the side, on b- both sides of his head, and it looks like <laughs> it looks like it looks like the little the little the little lightning bolt um scar that Harry Potter had. Harry Potter, he, like he, mm, it's not nice to laugh, but like I'm really laughing because it's really funny to me. And that's what I'm drawn to. Every time he's on screen, that's all I see. That's all I can look at. Uh, I don't think we can talk about anything else without giving spoilers. It's basically yeah. just you know, It's basically that, but like I said, I think it's really I can't say it's the worst, even though most of it is very icky. I, I do think, like it. I think as for plot and, you know, the reality of it, I would say I would put it as it gave me the ick because it is mostly bad things. Yeah. There is a little bit of good too. For me, she's a mm, yeah. But I, I think I think we can keep it at he gave me the ick. Okay. I mean yeah, I feel like is like the middle ground, like in the center. But in my opinion, I feel like there's more bad than good. Yeah, I I agree. I can see that. Okay. For the eighth season, we have Apocalypse, Mm -hmm. which features the witches from New Orleans, which were featured in Coven, as they battle the Antichrist and attempt to prevent the world from ending. So it's getting heavy. (laughs) Mm-hmm. This season really ties everything in the AHS universe together because the big the big three seasons are Murder House, Covenant, Hotel, and everything links those three together, every other season does. And this one really does because our main characters are, once again, our Coven characters, plus a few new people, such as the king of our hearts, Cody Fern. Listen, I just want to say on record... So, like, I need to say on record that when Anne's first saw Cody Fern as Michael Langdon, she was not down for it. I wasn't. I wasn't. You'll love him. Listen, I I was just like, it's because that was before they introduced his backstory and I started to feel bad for him. But him, like, just before it with the eyeshadow, his eyeshadow served, but I also just didn't. His eyeshadow ate. I just don't like his long hair era. I will say the long hair is not what did it for me. I just already knew about his backstory. I was like, oh my god, ooh, ooh, see It's very sweet. It's very sweet. Our cast, Sarah Paulson, Peter, but Peter not as cast. So Peter, he plays Mr. Gallant, who is like this this gay, iconic hairstylist. So <laughs> I love him. We love, love him when he's gay. We love Mr. Yeah. Like, I love Mr. Gallant. Mr. Gallant's iconic. He plays Jeff Pfizer, who is the opposite, and absolutely disgusting, and makes me want to shoot myself in the school. He comes back as Tate for a little bit, and he comes back as JP for a little bit. Oh, he did come back as JP. Him as JP oh. made me sad. Him as JP made me sad, because he has this line where, um... Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He just about. goes, he just goes, guess it's solitaire. He just goes, like, it's solitaire for me. And it's so sad. I'll be your friend. I will play with Listen, listen, I'm sure if he's inviting you for Devil's Night, then I'm sure he wouldn't mind. You better. Yeah. 
Okay, then we have uh, Adina Porter, who has been in seasons before, but here she's really, really important. She plays Dinah, who's one of the Black Witches. In this season, in Coven, the world, like, the witches, the white witches and the black witches are very different, and the fact that the black witches are more uh, voodoo, and the white yeah. witches are more, like, stereotypical witch, and I love how they come together with people like Angie yeah. and uh, Dinah. Um, Billy Lord is introduced as Mallory, Leslie Grossman as Coco St. Pierre. Emma's back. Shay and Jackson's here, and he ate in this season. I loved, I loved Madison's redemption arc. It was I did, I did. Uh, Shay and Jackson is John Henry Moore. Oh, he ate. Oh, he, he ate. Did. He said, he "Walk, really walk, did. fashion, baby." He was he so. Did. We have Kathy. Kathy's back. Oh my gosh! I remember the Harmons came back. I forgot about that. They did. I forgot about that. Angie comes back here as Marie in this season. I really like this season. A lot of people find it HS's downfall. I don't think so. I don't understand that. I, I don't think so. Me. I like this season. That's just me, though. <sighs> there were some icky things about it, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Yeah, I would say the standout ick would be first of all, Jeff. I was going to say, Jeff? I don't like I wasn't a fan of Coco. Mm, yeah, I mean it's not that she but was. That's just because she was annoying, and you know it's 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 fine. Though. Yeah, Paisa comes back in the season. The love of my life, my future wife. Uh, oh my gosh, this season I really liked it. I thought it was really good, and I don't understand why people don't like it though. I thought it was fantastic, and it and it was sad. And I'm not gonna lie, Michael did make me cry a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. I. When Tate was screaming at him, I was like, you better sit, put that down. (laughs) I thought it was really random that they added in Anastasia or Anastasia, the Romanov princess, as well as the Illuminati. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it was. was, Why why were they It was like, y'all are kind of weird. They were there for like five minutes, but still, it was. I thought it was really funny. We're like, y'all, what are y'all doing? I don't remember. It was cause it was cause Michael wanted to the world domination thing, so he went to the Illuminati, right? Yeah. Yeah, it was weird. We get Misty. Stephen X is also back. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did get to cameo with that one too. I'm a strong believer that Misty Day and Sarah's character Cordelia Good. I'm. 100% sure that they're 100%. together. They're absolutely in a lesbian relationship and no one can convince me otherwise. Oh, we need our ships to come true when it comes to Coven. We need it. I mean, it's just a bunch of lesbians. Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's all we need. Pretty much, pretty much. Yep, I love this season. This season is phenomenal. Where are we putting it yeah. on our list? Is it, is it, is it, is it a period like Coven in a hotel or is it an eating like, um, uh, Let me think. Does it deserve period? I don't know. I mean, I do think the whole cooperative situation. Oh, we did forget the beginning of the season where they had this whole Hunger Games. Like it literally. A Ew. A thirteen-year-old in like twenty twelve wrote this. I the forgot beginning. that ugly man. I forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> the woman was, was hot. So, it the girl was hot though. Situation was so the the girl was fine. 
the girl was fine, okay? But the I man was ugly. Like, the beginning of it was like Wattpad. Legitimately Wattpad. It was, okay, the world is ending and you're on the list to be in a safe spot. Come with us. And he, and he gets in the car and he's in this place and someone's like, hey, are you above me? And he's like, yeah. Um, and he's like, she's like, cool. And then they finally see each other and they're like, let's stick together. And then they start dating immediately. And it's like, let no character growth, no character growth. Uh, okay. Absolutely. I promise y'all that came straight from a Wattpad fan fiction. It was nasty. 100%. And then, and then, and then, at the end of the season, they reunite again. And then they have the other Antichrist, because... It's basically just prolonged by four years after they kill Michael. Yeah. Lord. His death was so sad. I feel like... It was. I feel like if he was, if he was just... Take me in the house. I feel like if he was just raised right, it would have been, it would have been a lot different. Yeah, I mean, he, he was such Uwu's cinnamon roll, and like... He was such like a I, sweet baby, and it's like, that one scene where he is in uh, Tate's room, and Tate walks in, he's like, ah, what are you doing in here? And he's like, oh, I wanted to be more like you, Dad, and he just starts screaming, he just like blows his head off in anger. And, and, and the two, the two, the two gay... <laughs> The two, the two gay guys, like, kind of pull Tate away and are like, come on. Two gay guys are two ghosts who live in the murder house. And Jessica just comes in there and is like, come on, let's get out of here. And Cody slash Michael does this little pout and he just goes, he just plops into the bed and just starts sobbing. And I'm just like, oh! Like, this kid's supposed to be a toddler. Leave him alone! This is literally like a freaking three-year-old. Like... It hurts me. It hurts me. But but if we're talking about uh Cody's performance, I think I think he played a toddler in an adult's body so beautifully. And it wasn't it wasn't like Dandy where he was just really childish. No, it was like this like, is he had that childish innocence that it was charm. Like, I like, am a literal child. Like I am yeah. a baby. Yeah, and, like, I've just been thrust upon this world as an adult because I need to grow up quickly so I can take over the world. But he, I don't think he ever wanted that. That's he didn't. Only- and when he killed people, it's like he didn't even know. It's like something overcame him, and he didn't even know. Yeah. So but then- also because he was so naive, the Illuminati or the Satanists or whatever, like, took him over so easily because that was the only people who offered him yeah form of like family it was just really sad it was but i think the beginning is really rough it is really rough so do you think that would put it in eight down or i i i think i think she should be in eight down okay but she's she's high she's high in eight down she's high in eight down like like if period If periods was like a ninety eight down and is like an eighty, apocalypse is like an eighty nine. You know. Yeah. Okay. Next we have. I personally love this season, and Kate does not. Next we have nineteen eighty four. So, um, this takes place. 
outside Los Angeles during the 1980s and focuses on the staff of a summer camp reopening after massacre 14 years prior. It was heavily influenced by slasher films such as Friday the 13th, Halloween, blah blah blah. Um, and it's it's de- it's basically 80s summer camp slasher film. And yeah. I really and I like, it. Why you like it because that's your vibe. I'm an 80s gal. Uh, they're not. Um, we have main. Right. We have Emma Roberts. I love that she she was the lead of this. It was very her. Peter is not in the season, and it's honestly a very Peter coded season. Bill, yeah, yeah. Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Cody Fern, Cody A. A. Down, Matthew Morrison, Gus Kenworthy, John Carroll Lynch, Angelica Ross, and Zach Villa. Honestly, Ricky, when I catch you. We'll get there. We'll get there, deep breaths, baby. Don't even <laughs> dare. Don't play! Gosh. Anyways, so it's about, like, this group of teenagers in the 80s who are obviously just a giant orgy. No, they're all dating. You can't they're all, They were all dating. They're all dating. I'm pretty sure they all, like, kissed each other <laughs> at one point. It was, it was, ah, uh, gosh. So... It fo- Sorry if y'all hear my dog in the background. So, it follows these friends, and Xavier Plinton, who is my personal favorite, uh, he's like, yo, uh, I'm gonna be a camp counselor at this place. Y'all should totally come, and we can vibe and have sex. And they were like, a wonderful time. So, they all decide, okay, we are going to become these camp counselors. They're also all aerobics teachers. Uh, not the jazzercise. Oh, gosh. The neon is crazy. It goes crazy. It does and go listen, crazy. She's an 80s lover. I love the 80s. And apparently, I'm the only person in the world who doesn't like the 80s. I love like, me some 80s. Everyone on Earth is so for the 80s with, I, I guess, like, Stranger Things is the first thing that comes to mind that brought the 80s back. Stranger Things like, is goofy. <laughs> I like that show, but that show is goofy. Shows or movies or media that bring the 80s back, the first thing that comes to mind is Stranger Things. I, but I know the 80s is a thing for people. I know. I, I like it. I'm the only person who isn't. <sighs> God, listen. I love my That's 80s. Just because I'm old school. So we have Angelica Ross, who plays Dr. Donna Chambers. Oh <gasps> my gosh. She was hot. My God, she was. she was flawless. She was literally sculpted by JC himself. <laughs> She's that. That. Uh, like, and at this place, they meet this guy named Trevor, and then they meet um, Margaret. Whatever, whatever. Margaret was goofy. Trevor was even goofier. <laughs> <laughs> he was known to me as the guy with the big dick, because <laughs> <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't like he known. Wasn't wasn't he known to have like a giant freaking piece? That's all. That's his whole character. <laughs> is, it, is it not? Tell me I'm wrong. It's not. That's literally <laughs> the only backstory he has. That was his only personality. I'm sorry. I said what I said, and I admit it. And this is also the serial killer named Mr. Jingles. <laughs> It's not nice to laugh. <laughs> Sorry. It's not nice to laugh. <laughs> His name is Mr. Jingles because he has these keys, the jingle jangle. And 
No, because he cuts people's ears off and puts them on a necklace. And I will not be telling you the backstory of that because it's a spoiler. But Lily Rabe also comes in here as like his mom in the sixties and it was I think it was hot. Her name was Lavinia. That's a hot name. And it was hot, man. Billy Lord ate. Billy Lord did eat I, Montana made me really mad, but I also really liked her. It was kinda like uh, Madison for me. Yeah, very much Madison energy. All I'm saying is that they all kissed. Like Montana kissed Brooke at one point, aka Emma and Billy. Uh Billy kissed Cody slash Xavier. Cody also had a sugar daddy. Uh, <laughs> you know what's I funny? You know what's so funny to me? The fact that he he gets Okay, yeah, it was a, he didn't want to. Yeah, yeah, okay, whatever. So he literally gets a call and I'm like, Oh, is that your sugar daddy? And it was I said, is that your sneaky link? He said, yup. I said, oh. <laughs> uh, if y'all want to imagine Xavier, imagine The Archer by Taylor Swift. <laughs> ah, if you know, you know. If you know, you freaking know. If you see that, you get. Lastly, um, the one, the bad, the only bad thing for me about this season was, um, well, they had this guy come in and play Richard Ramirez, the serial killer. It's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Think of your happy place. Think of your happy place. Oh, God. <laughs> Happiness. Oh, God. Happiness. He's dead now. He's dead now. <laughs> Ew! It was so painful. It was so painful. When I catch you, Ricky, Ricky, when I catch you, when I catch you, when I catch you, Ricky, when I catch you, when I catch you, Ricky, 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 when I catch you, when I Ricky, 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 listen, you're not listening, you're not listening to me, Ricky, Ricky, when I catch you, when I catch you, when I catch you, it's on site! We will shoot first and ask questions later. Out of sight, out of mind. But the moment you come in my sights, it's over. It's over. I hate him. Uh, God, he made me so mad. He was so nasty. He also made out with Billy. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad. I did feel bad. It was awful. And I keep seeing pictures of him being fun with the cast, and I'm like, I can't look at you without seeing the man I hate. Uh-huh. It was really bad. Anyways, I think that's enough of that season. I think I, think I gotta calm down here. <laughs> because I know yeah. I'm a little angry. Um, I know you like the 80s, but let's think about the plot. As the plot, do you like it? I do. I mean, I, I do I do think it was confusing. It got a little confusing. But I did enjoy it. I, I enjoyed the fact that they all kind of went feral on each other. That was that was interesting to me. I liked it. For me, it's an eat me home. It's not, it's not, even though it's, it, I would, it's either my second or third favorite season, I don't think it's a period, I think it's just an ADM. Let me think, like, I would put it in It Gave Me the Egg, because personally, there is no redemption other than Cody and Emma, and like, I liked, um, uh, Rita, even though that's not her real name, her, you know, friendship with Brooke. No, yeah, they were also definitely together. Yeah, that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, because I'm not swayed by the aesthetic of the show, 
I'll let you I'll let you put it in eight down, but that's just not where I would put it. Okay. I can put it in mm, yeah, since that's the in between between both of us. Yeah, I would say put it in yeah, because it's in between. Alright. Yeah. Listen, y'all. It's like okay. I I am a little swayed by the aesthetic, but I also really did enjoy the plot just because I liked the idea of a bunch of teens going to a place to have a freaking orgy, and then <laughs> and then they end up all killing each other. Like that's just fun to me. But my favorite, one of my favorite things ever, is literally a killing game. So and it's like the plot of it is everyone's killing each other. It's just, I love that kind of stuff. Anyways, go ahead. Double. This oh, one, gosh. this one was okay. something. Double feature, which is chapter ten, is composed of two stories, each taking up half the season. The first story, Red Tide, focuses on a family in Provincetown, Massachusetts, who meet the town's mysterious true inhabitants. The second story, Death Valley, follows a group of camping students who find themselves in the midst of a conspiracy involving extraterrestrials. Okay, I have a very big love-hate relationship with this. I agree. All right, let's go through the cast. So we have Sarah Paulson, Peter's back. Hey! Um, listen, if you don't, you know, all I'm saying is that Peter, his accent in this season qualifies him to play Hades in the live-action Hercules. Anyways, he has a hunk of Musaka stuck in his throat. Lily Rame. Finn Whitrock, Francis Conroy, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Adina Porter, Angelica Ross. Again, she was even smexier. Macaulay Culkin. Macaulay Culkin, aka the Kevin from from um, Home Alone. Uh, Ryan Kiera Armstrong, Neil McDonough, Kaya Gerber, Nico Greenham, Isaac Powell, Rachel Hilson, and Rebecca Dian. Help! They list Sarah Paulson's name as tuberculosis Karen. <laughs> we both have tuberculosis. <laughs> Not actually. Um, God. God. Anyways, so I think I think we need to analyze both halves and then put them together. So starting with Red Tide, I again it's. So love hate, so mm-hmm. love hate relationship. There were some parts of it where I was like, "This is this is really good," and I loved the idea of it. But sometimes, you know, the colons magically appeared and they scared me. <laughs> if you know, you if know. You know, you know. <laughs> okay, but listen. On one half, I love the plot. I think it's really interesting because it gets you thinking. The best thing you can do for a plot is to get the audience thinking, mm-hmm. and. The way it gets you thinking is it makes you think. So basically, it centers around these mysterious black pills, which if you take them, if you have any sort of talent with whatever you do as like a career or anything, it will, you know, multiply that by tenfold and you'll become really successful in your career. But if you don't, you'll turn into kind of like a zombie. A gross like creature. We call them the colons. A zombie vampire moment, but we call them the Collins. We call them the Collins. Um, but yeah, it gets you thinking because everyone has something that they do, but it'll make you think, is this just a hobby or could I make this a career? So mm. it makes you think if you were in that scenario, would you take that chance to take the back pills, you know? Mm. But I think the plot is great, but I also feel like 
and the characters, as in the way they build the characters' backstories and all that, mm. I feel like it's just not... It could have been done better. However, I do think Belle Noir, um, who is Fr- Frances Conroy's character, I think her backstory was done really well. I loved her but, backstory. Oh my god. Everyone else was kind of... Like, <sighs> Peter's backstory was goofy. Yeah. His backstory was that he was a really bad drag queen. Yeah. And and it he was didn't like, have any passion for drag. He just... Did it for money. Did it because he needed money. Um, and that also haunts her nightmares. It, it, it scared me a lot. Um, listen. Overall, his character, Austin, I didn't hate his character. I just didn't love his character. Mm-hmm. Harry! Oh, it's Every time we say Harry, which is Finn Whitrock's character, it's either, it's either like, oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah. And I think the same thing for me goes with Death Valley because, again, it's very love-hate. I was obsessed oh my with God. Cody. Cody had a character. His name was um, Valiant. His name was Valiant Thor. It, it was hot. It was so hot and for no reason. I was, our lady boners were showing. <laughs> the lady boners go crazy. Like. I think just watching him, we probably orgasmed. What? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, any family members, members click off Please. right now. Please! Okay, Please. I, I, did, I did kind of like Leslie Grossman's character, Ursula. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, liked... I think she did great as, like, the, the, the cunty, uh, what, what was she to him? He she was her, her, um, his producer, I think. Yeah, his producer, his, um, uh... He might have, she might have been his publicist. Yeah, something like that. I think, I think she did a good job. It was Cunty Boss. It was Cunty, it was very similar to Kim Kardashian's role in Delicate. That's what I was thinking, was very much that. We'll get there. Yeah. Ugh. Red Tide, Red Tide was telling me, I'm not gonna lie, uh, Death Valley, I'm not gonna say it was a kink of mine, but... (laughs) All four of them, including the two men, got pregnant, and I was like, that's kind of hot. But it's not. <laughs> Listen! It's so funny. Don't judge me! Because it, it wasn't. we're taking turns defending ourselves. It wasn't, it wasn't hot as in, like, oh, that's sexy. It was hot as in, oh my god, imagine being a friend, and your entire friend group is pregnant, and you're all technically pregnant by the same person. But it's not a real person. Same being. Being. It was like, I was like, that's kind of hot. Death Valley is for the people who have that whole alien tentacle kink. 100%. I don't have none of that. Uh, Yeah, probably me either. (laughs) That's not for me, but no judgment. Um, But I did love... um, I didn't love the present day part of Death Valley. It was a little goofy. I like how they was, tied them together. It probably wasn't goofy, but it's just, uh, I just didn't carry well. Every but single character I, was like that rich, annoying person at your school. 100%. Even, even Kai Gerber, even though she looked fine. She was pretty. <laughs> no, but she wasn't for me, though. She, her friend was... Oh. <laughs> I don't remember her name, Um, but she did things for me. She was hot. Well, Jamie? 
Jamie, Jamie, that was it. That was it. She was Oh, she was. But, yeah, I think the present day part of Death Valley wasn't for me, but I loved the um, the flashbacks. I, I agree. I TV shows go full black and white. Mamie? Mamie Eisenhower, yes. Sarah. Sarah ate down with that role. I, I did also like Leslie Grossman's role as Calico, but that's just because I really like the name Calico. <laughs> um, you know what? You know, so... Ike Eisenhower, played by Neil McDonough. Uh huh. I always thought he looked like an older version of who was it? We can cut this out if we need to. But I thought he looked like a uh, Cheyenne. Mmm, Cheyenne. Yeah, I can see it. One hundred percent thought so. I can see it. I can see it. Anyways, um. Yeah, this one was really, it was good, it was good, but like... It wasn't, it was good, but it, it wasn't, it wasn't good, but it wasn't bad. Yeah. I feel like it was, it was, mm, yeah. Mm, I don't know, but I just loved a lot of it. We can put oh, it in Eat Me On. I love the plot of the, I love the plot of Red Tide, and I mm-hmm. love the overall vibe vibe as well as connections like it did it did good tying things together with death valley it did and they only had four episodes of death valley so mm-hmm. they did i i think we should put it in adion yeah i think so too all right who oh, guys y'all better hold your horses y'all better <laughs> please hold on y'all better horses. grip your freaking counters real hard because this is bad <laughs> this is <laughs> this, this so is real bad this... I completely blacked out this whole time. Like, I, I disassociated. It was so traumatizing. It was uh, NYC, guys. NYC. So this is basically, y'all want to, before I read the actual synopsis, y'all want to know about this season? Let me tell you. It's basically really, really bad gay representation. Yeah. Pretty much. So it takes place in 1980s NYC and focuses on a string of killings involving gay men and the emergence of a new virus. So, our cast, Russell Tovey, Joe Mantello, Charlie Carver, Billy Lord, Leslie Grossman, Sandra Bernard, Isaac Powell, Zachary Quinto, Dennis O'Hare, and Patty LuPone. So, um, basically, Toxic... Sorry. You're fine, go ahead. To, um, me not really being a fan of the 80s, I want to clarify that I just am not interested in, like the general public's idea of the 80s when they think of it. Like, I'm not into the neon, I'm not into the jazzercise, but I do, I like the mall aesthetic, but I do love, like, the whole 80s, um, metropolitan, like, you know, New York in the 80s is such a vibe for me. I like I that, that, too. Can also be, you know, due to, like, uh, things like American Psycho and Wolf of Wall Street. I just love the whole businessy, like boss lady part of the 80s but they could have done that they could have they could have see for me i love both and what do you think of the neon like my favorite season of stranger things is season three because of the mall aesthetic that and it was also just the best plot wise in my opinion yeah i do like plots but um it's like i don't know this this they just they could have i feel like nyc could have been good but they just didn't do it right but that's just me. Like, yeah. they had a couple good characters. 
but like I'll definitely be doing most of the talking with this because I blacked out. Like yeah. I completely erased it from my memory. It was a trauma so response. Scared. Listen, so we have Patrick Reed who is a uh detective and Gino Borelli who works in the uh, paper the newspaper and they're dating and gino is very out patrick is not and gino being the toxic little bitch he is it's like oh my god you just need to come out you're scared you just need to come out you need to come out and patrick is like bitch i will literally lose my job um <laughs> and gino's like i just i why are you hiding like i just can't be with a man who hides and patrick's like bitch i divorced my wife for you <laughs> It was sad, but I loved, I did love Patrick's relationship with Barbara, played by Leslie Grossman, who was his ex-wife. I loved, they had a very, very sweet relationship. It was sweet. It was sweet. They had no ill will towards each other. Mm-hmm. I did like that. So, uh, Charlie Carver plays Adam Carpenter, who works with Gino and is younger. He's like the 20-year-old, and Gino's like the 4-year-old, you know? And he starts dating this guy named Theo Graves. I loved their relationship. I thought it was really sweet. Um, rest in peace to a king, Theo. Um, and then, I one of my favorite things about this season, one of the only good things, in my opinion, was Adam's friendship with Dr. Hannah Wells, a.k.a. Billy Lord. Yeah, I was for that. Their friendship was so sweet, and he was technically the father of her child, and I love, even though he's gay, and I loved, loved how, um, by the way, I don't think it's father of her child by sex, I think he gave her his sperm. Yeah. Um, and I loved how he was like, if you need me to, I'll always be here for this kid. That's so sweet. And it was so, so kind. And I was like, oh my gosh. So basically, half the season, it we're fighting, fighting Floridians. Um, oh, God. Yeah. These lizards. If you want to search up who I'm talking about, search up Mr. Whiteley or Jeff Hiller, who is the actor who plays him. Definitely a lizard. Um, That is the biggest. That If you look at that person and think that's not a lizard, you're dumb. Because... <laughs> That is absolutely. That was 100% the, who, what the ladies on the plane saw. Yep, yeah, she said that motherfucker is not real. She saw him. <laughs> he said, bitch, I'm an actor. She said. I was so scared. He said, bitch, I'm an actor. She said, bitch, what are you doing? Acting like a human? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Anyways, um, and the other half is them fighting who they think is a serial killer who is really a version of AIDS, like the disease. Literally the personification. The personification of AIDS. It this was so good. They could have made it like a, an awareness. The, it could have been like gay rights. Yeah. They just made it so bad. That's the, an awful representation. The plot structure was and like their idea for the story was fantastic. And it was like, okay, this could be really well, well done. But they just yeah. didn't do it well. They just did it wrong. It was wrong. Anyways, I think I've already had enough talking about this because I just, I can't. Mm-hmm. No, thank you. So on this tier list, I think you know where we're going to put it. Yeah. Yep. Disgusting! So <laughs> On the way I like. Absolutely terrifying. All right. Now we go to the twelfth and final season so far, which, by the it's way, still to be announced. Still to be announced. So we haven't finished this season. We watched two out of five episodes, and even then, it's not even 
finished It's yet. not finished yet. Because of the actor's writer's strike, um, they only were able to get enough filming to make the first five episodes. So, around sometime, I would assume, like, in the summer, the other half will come out. And they might make more, like, a 13th season after that. We don't know. But season delicate we don't have a synopsis for it so we're just gonna kind of free free form so basically it's about this woman who's an aspiring actress who also really wants to get pregnant but it's like everything in her life is going wrong and she feels like she's crazy because this like freaking tech ghost or whatever is messing with things and just basically ruining her life and causing her to have miscarriages and such and she's also seeing this woman played by Cara Delvine or Cara Delvine and she's just like she thinks she's going crazy and most people are gaslighting her yeah though i do, do from what we've seen being pregnant is like a theme in i think every single season yeah being pregnant and being gaslit is their favorite thing yep all right our cast here emma roberts matt matt she is the lead she ate she looks beautiful Matt Zukri, Kim Kardashian, Annabelle Dexter-Jones, Michaela J. Rodriguez, Dennis O'Hare, Kara Sashkar-Delvine, Julie White, and Maz Ali. So, Emma plays a character named Anna Victoria Alcott, uh, and she's just actress, oh my gosh, like, in one of the episodes, she wins an award, and the entire time, why do I feel like I'm watching Emma Roberts grow as an actress? Like, it's like, I'm like, please, bro, win, win! Um, Kim's character, her name was Shobon, Shobon Corbin. I love that name. I think this is a spoiler, but Kara's name is Ivy. Oh, well. Oh, well. Um, so we've seen two episodes. I think I stated this earlier. Still watching the rest. Babe, this season so far. From what we have watched so far. I like it. I like it. I think it's good. It's not it's not my favorite, but I don't dislike it. Eh, I don't know how to feel, to be honest. Like, the plot already feels a little messy. I really, I really like the idea of a tech ghost. Mm-hmm. And I, I wonder what they're gonna, like, make it symbolize or whatever. I don't know. But I, I really am enjoying this. Also, I know it's gonna have stuff to do with spiders, but I mean... Who knows? We can't say too much about the season yet, but I'm enjoying it. It's obviously not my favorite. I can say I can say I have I have my hopes are still high. Yeah. I would say we should put this one in mm, yeah. And because it's Kim. Mm, yeah, yeah. She spits all over my face. She has corona. And you don't, don't have, have corona. corona. She has corona. Doing a Kardashian impression is half my life. <laughs> it is. I think I, I think, think that's our New Year's episode. That's it. If you want us to go back to AHS, just ask. But I don't think I we, we wanted to have an AHS episode instead we did. of you know, stretching it out like Tay Talks and stuff. Yes. So for us, if y'all want us to, we will we will go back and touch on some more HS and rate characters. Yeah, touch more on the characters. Yeah, and we'll also finish delicate. So, 
we can give you a good review. But, um, yeah, that was I our... Think that was our episode we wanted to get it done before new year so it could actually be you know meet us at midnight but you know new year's day is still on theme it is so um thank y'all for listening i'm ansiqualio and i'm amelia berry thank, thank you, you for, for meeting, meeting us at midnight, midnight.